0: Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting the movie E.T., the Terrestrial on the big screen, accompanied by the Symphony Orchestra performing the score live, May 3rd and 4th at 7.30 at the Paramount. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com.
1: Today is Friday. It is the 25th of November. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. A key lawmaker says he wants to work on changing Iowa law to ensure that survivors of sexual assault don't have to pay restitution to their abusers in criminal cases. IPR's Katarina's Historic reports it's a response to the case of Piper Lewis.
0: Lewis pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter for killing the man she said repeatedly raped her when she was 15. A judge gave her a deferred judgment and five years of probation, but said Iowa law still requires Lewis to pay $150,000 to the estate of her alleged rapist. A GoFundMe campaign quickly raised the money she needed and more. But Republican State Senator Brad Zahn says he's working on a bill to change that in the next legislative session. He says it's absolutely unfair. That's just wrong that she has to pay restitution uh,
1: to the, the family of the person that she killed that raped her.
0: Zahn chairs the Senate Judiciary Committee, which would handle this type of bill. The next legislative session begins January 9th.
1: A rural school district in western Iowa is one of 12 school systems in the state receiving federal funding to buy electric school buses. Logan Magnolia schools will buy five EV buses, which will replace half the district's entire fleet, Superintendent Tom Ritter says the new buses will be used to pick up and drop off students at school. The buses will sound different, and they'll save the district on fuel costs. Ritter says they'll look familiar to students and drivers, though.
0: They look like they are regular buses. The only thing different is they don't have diesel engines, they have battery engines. All the buses are brand new, so we'll have seatbelts in them. So the bus drivers, I don't think they'll have a problem with them because it's going to be like driving a regular school
1: bus. Ritter says the federal rebates will likely cover the full cost of buying the buses, but the district has to pay to install chargers. The program was funded through the bipartisan infrastructure law passed last year. Food pantries across Iowa continue seeing more people who need assistance. IPR's Catherine Wheeler has more.
0: Officials say the demand for food assistance has been steadily increasing, especially as economic factors like inflation continue. Zuli Garcia is the founding president of Knock and Drop Iowa. It's the first ever Latino food pantry in Des Moines metro and provides culturally specific foods. She says the higher food prices are having an impact on them as well, and lately they've had to dip into reserves to make sure families have enough to take home. That's what our
1: fear is, is that we're going to get to the point where unfortunately we're going to have to start turning people away because things are getting expensive, not just out there for everyone,
0: but even for the nonprofits. We can't find the food that's needed to be able to feed families. Garcia says just for one day of the food pantry being open, knock-and-drop spent $4,800 on food for 387 families.
1: Retailers across the country are bracing for a busy day this Black Friday, and locally owned merchants across Iowa are hoping for a bigger boost tomorrow. Jane Armstrong directs the U.S. Small Business Administration's Iowa District Office she says Small Business Saturday is a crucial day for the state's consumers to be lo- be loyal and buy local.
0: It's just a special day where we get to put the spotlight on small business and say, we recognize how important you are and we really want uh, to encourage people to get out and support you this holiday season. But really, every day is Small Business Saturday.
1: Armstrong says 97% of Iowa's businesses are small businesses. And Iowa will return to the Big Ten championship game as West champion if it knocks off Nebraska for an eighth time in a row later today in Iowa City. The Hawkeyes are on the doorstep of that title game after winning four straight games. Iowa has won 14 straight November games. You're listening to Hear First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland.
0: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air.
1: We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Congress that takes office next year will feature a Senate with a narrow Democratic majority and a House with a Republican majority. One of the biggest items that divided Congress will have to address is the Farm Bill, Harvest Public Media's Jonathan All reports what's not clear is how that split in control will affect the wide-ranging and massive legislation.
0: On a cold, windy morning right before the midterm elections, shoppers at the Farmer's Market in Rolla, Missouri were perusing meats, vegetables, and other products. They care about their food and where it comes from. Shopper Phyllis Mayer says she knows the Farm Bill is important, but that's about where her knowledge ends.
1: I trying and keep up on things, but I don't even know what's all in the Farm Bill.
0: Susan Rassman also says the Farm Bill is important, but adds it shouldn't matter what party someone's in when it comes to food.
1: I think we have good candidates on both sides. They just aren't, I think, really coming forward because of such polarization.
0: As partisan and divided as Congress is, the Farm Bill may still be neutral ground. The Farm Bill is almost unique
1: in recent history as being a bill that typically has Uh, supporters from both parties, and opponents from both parties.
0: Pat Westoff leads agricultural research policy at the University of Missouri. He says even with a clear lack of partisanship, there will be many disputes over the Farm Bill and its spending that could reach more than a half a trillion dollars. The biggest portion of the Farm Bill, more than 75 percent of total dollars spent, is on the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Ellen Vollinger is the SNAP director for the Food Research and Action Center, a nonpartisan group that advocates for food programs. She says making sure people have enough to eat isn't and shouldn't be a partisan issue. Benefits are going to average about $6 a person a day for SNAP. So it's not a program that provides uh, really sufficient food purchasing power for people to be able to afford a reasonably decent diet um, on a sustained basis. Bollinger says her group is going to lobby hard for the new farm bill to increase the level of benefits and make sure they are accessible to everyone who qualifies. For farmers, the big issue will be crop protection programs, things like crop insurance subsidies and price protections. Westoff of the University of Missouri says there will be added pressure from farmers to bolster those programs because of inflation and supply chain problems.
1: So the current high prices we're experiencing, higher costs we're experiencing right now, will only be reflected in, in support for, the, uh, for producers. Uh, so we, we have a, a period right now of very, very low support uh, to, to the farm sector coming from basic commodity programs.
0: Just as the farm bill is up for renewal, Westoff says farmers are hurting because current government support programs for farmers haven't caught up with inflation and market issues caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's likely to be a top priority for agriculture interests climate change is one area that may be affected by party affiliation. Democrats tend to be more open to such legislation than Republicans. Ricardo Salvador is the director of the Food and Environment Program with the Union of Concerned Scientists. The Farm Bill hasn't touched issues of climate change since the 1990s. Salvador says as shocking as that may be, his organization is optimistic about getting environmental provisions in the upcoming legislation. In the 21st century, we just cannot afford to have federal legislation on agriculture that doesn't recognize the reality of climate change. And more importantly, the fact that agriculture both causes important greenhouse gas emissions and can help us mitigate greenhouse gas emissions. Salvador says things are changing rapidly in the U.S. For example, farmers who were among the most ardent climate change deniers have come around and are among the groups looking to promote new practices to decrease greenhouse gases. While congressional committees have been meeting to discuss the Farm Bill throughout the year, the new Congress will convene January 3rd, and it could take them most of 2023 to pass the mammoth legislation. I'm Jonathan All, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media
1: is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News reporting on food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. And this is Here First from IPR News. Have a great weekend. I'm Michael Leland.